This is a Clearview podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Carpe Manana, the show where we talk about how to capture tomorrow today. From leadership strategies to ministry tips and everything in between, our whole goal is to give you the tools and resources you need to be able to capture the hearts and the minds of the next generation. As we begin today's episode, we want to take a second and go around the circle, introduce ourselves to you, and let you know what we do here at Clearview. So to my right is... Abaddon Shaw, and I'm in charge of preaching and leadership here at Clearview. And to my right... I'm Kelsey McKeel, and I'm in charge of kids' ministry and theater here at Clearview. And to my right... My name is Rebecca Shaw, and I'm in charge of administration and kids' ministry here at Clearview. And to my right... John Galantis. I'm in charge of worship and media here at Clearview. And to my right... David Williamson. I'm in charge of student worship and technology here at Clearview. And to my right... Ryan Hill, and I'm in charge of congregational care and student ministry here at Clearview Church. And typically on our show, guys, you know that we we like to take some time and let you know things that are happening here at Clearview, maybe a sermon series that Dr. Shaw has been preaching through or some events that are coming up. We want to take a, a second today and talk about, uh, Dr. Shaw, an article that you just recently had in the in the paper here in Henderson. So if you're listening locally and you haven't picked up a copy, make sure you grab a copy of last weekend's paper. Uh, but it's an article that you wrote titled Mind Control. And mm. we just felt like this was really a, a, such an important topic that we need to take some time and unpack this article. Maybe you can share with us the the heart behind the article and how we can take it and uh, apply it to our lives today. So can you give us a summary yeah. of what the article's sure. about? Well, what do you think about uh, uh, that phrase or, or that the designation mind control? Think about like some dude in a room, CIA like stuff all over his head, <laughs> electrodes and stuff attached to him. Like See, brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like science fiction. Like some, right. some person is kind of like, you know, maybe there's some person with powers or some apparatus yeah, yeah. that has I'm, been attached to this person. I normally think of it like hypnosis. Like yeah. you see the spinning like circle wheel thing where people are like completely out of it. That's normally that? where I there go. There was a Kubrick movie where they where he like made him watch some like, where he made him watch something and like brainwashed him every time he heard like oh. classical music or yeah. something. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that come to mind when we think about mind control, but... But people can rest assured we're not talking about that kind of a mind control in this uh, <laughs> podcast, okay? We're talking about learning to guide and guard your thoughts, mm. okay? And and it is one of the most difficult things to do, and yet it is, I would say, the most important thing you can do for yourself is learn to win that battlefield of the mind. Yeah. You you've always kind of held to that that standard though, and I remember the first time I ever met you, I remember thinking that you were you were just a different type of person because typically people only they just focus on the things that you do, you know what I mean? They don't ever stop right. to think that what you do stems from how you think. And I think over the years getting to know you, that's been I, I can say for me that's been like the one of the biggest ways that I've grown is that you pay attention to how you think. Most people right. don't do that, right? And and the longer I live, the more I'm convinced that that is so important, uh, especially in the West, mm-hmm. where people, uh, you know, grow up believing that, you know, just imagine, just use your imagination. See, that was a big thing to say back in, I would say, maybe the 80s and the 90s. Just mm-hmm. use your imagination. You know, the sky is the limit. And, and to some extent, that's great, that getting kids who are, let's say, living in the inner city, you know, surrounded by high rises and apartment complexes and Section 8 buildings to get them to like just, you know, get into your minds and you can just have just, you know, you can go anywhere. 
and do anything mm. just in your mind. You don't need all this other stuff. And to some extent, okay, we understand that. But to another extent, it is one of the most harmful things that we can tell people. Just let your mind go wherever it wants to go. Well, your mind will naturally, you know, lead you towards some horrible things. Yeah. Of course, there are good things that come out of it too, but that's not always the case. In fact, majority of the time, we get into a lot of trouble in so many ways, so many areas, because of a lack of mind control. Mm-hmm. It seems like our minds are always bent towards the negative and mm. I mean, most likely what I'm thinking is that's an effect of the fall, like where we would have probably not had that before. Now that we're tainted by sin, when we let our minds run loose, it's always towards something negative bent. Yeah. The way I describe it is to let your mind roam or to wander is like letting a toddler wander through a busy city street. Imagine the most congested, crazy traffic, people flying like everywhere um and you let a little toddler just cross the street yeah that's not going to happen it's going to be it's going to end badly yeah i really like this idea of mind control and how you control your thoughts and how you control what you think but what really strikes my interest is what even is the mind like how can i know you know if i'm controlling this what am i controlling right there's so many books out there so many books from every perspective and and that's a big debate what is the mind uh, I believe that human beings are two parts. Hmm. Okay, there are some people who believe three, four, whatever, and they use the biblical references to back up their beliefs. But I think it's only two parts. One is the immaterial part of you, and the other is the material. Mm-hmm. Immaterial is that part that you cannot uh, see, touch, feel, but it's there. This is you. But then the, also the material, which is very obvious, your body. Right. Mm-hmm. So the body is the material and this immaterial part. And I don't immediately think it's a brain because you can actually do brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you can take your brain out and look at it. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, but, but it, <laughs> it, is, it, it is possible. Um, so, and we often say the heart. Of course, we know we're not talking about the physical organ, but still, what is the heart? Mm-hmm. And the Bible is described in so many ways, like soul and spirit, and even bodily organs like lungs and liver. But they're talking about this immaterial part that we call the mind. And the mind is much more than the brain. Yeah. Mm. Now you say, why, why do you say that? Think about it. Some of the smartest people doing some of the dumbest things. <laughs> so don't think for a moment the smarter you are, Oh, no mistakes at all. You, you you always choose the best possible option. Not necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's keep those two things distinct. I've always found it interesting that people do struggle making that distinction between the material and the immaterial. Because even some people would say, well, even your brain, your mind is just electrical impulses. that you're, It's just signals that your brain sends. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, where does this need, where does this like greed come from? Right. Where is like my lust or my greed or my pride? Right. Where does all of these things that corrupt me? Where yeah. Where do they come from? If they're right. just sitting in your in your brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can one day make do brain surgery and fix that, but that's not possible. Yeah. Right. People may think it is, but uh, they also thought the heart could be fixed, and if mm. you f- fix the heart, 
everything else will fall in line. That's yeah. not the case. Well, that's what's so crazy. I mean, even thinking about people who are like organ donors, for example, they have to keep the body living even though the spirit has passed yeah. on, so to speak. Like, like the mind is gone, yeah. but the body is still living attached to, you know, hospital equipment and stuff to yeah. keep them physically living to be a, a valid donor. But that, that distinction is definitely there. Definitely. That, I mean, that tells you right there that there is a part of you mm-hmm. that that is not your body, not yeah. the physical what you can touch, feel, sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes, and maybe it's just because of a misunderstanding of, of this material and immaterial, I feel like people will almost like diminish one or look down on one yes. as like not important. Yeah, I know I've heard you say, like a lot of times you hear people at funerals say, you know, that's just the shell, you know, mm-hmm. and the real person's gone. And then I've always heard you say that that's, I mean, while there's a little bit, maybe a little bit of truth in that, it's, yeah. I mean, that body is such an important part that it's coming back. I also feel like people cater to the mind a lot right now in that everything goes back to the mind. Like you were talking about wandering, the mind wandering. Well, it's also not good for the idol either. And then people will blame their minds for things that they do physically. So they'll blame them for the anxiety that they're feeling. Yeah. They'll blame it for uh, them making a decision. Yeah. They blame their minds, and I, I just wonder, like, have you lost control of it? Well, that's that's kind that's, of what you. That's were... kind of what I mean. Reading your article, yeah. that's that seems to be what you're talking about. Is yeah. like, how do you not wander, and how do you not sit idle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what you were talking about. I mean, it, it, it's about controlling the mind, and a very easy cop-out is to say that I can't. Something's wrong with yeah. my mind that I can't fix, and right. you can't judge me for that. So right. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and hey, I can think up the newest, whatever new, hot, trendy thing is out that's wrong with the general public. I can say that that's wrong with me, and I don't have to have any control over mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's... I mean, These are the questions. Yeah, These are really... I mean, y'all are... Uh, not just hitting around the bulls out you are hitting the bulls out because this is where um we need we need some concrete answers so um we know there is an immaterial and there's a material part cuz i mean we, you if you want to if you want to go into that you can pull into different things where uh they say it's not their fault they were made that right, way right right yeah yeah yep so and that applies to different things right. not just one specific thing that i'm sure, sure everyone's mm-hmm. thinking about right now sure but yeah, people can. I mean, you can apply that across the board. Like, it's not my fault. I lied. I, I was made that way with a bent toward lying, with with a propensity to lie. Right. So you can use that as kind of like a scapegoat for for literally anything. And yeah. media is pushing fault. that. Media is saying, yeah. "Oh, they were made this way. It, they can't help it." It's like right. But you have control of your mind, right? right. But yes. they will say, "But if my mind is going in that direction, then." then there's nothing wrong with that. That's what they will say. Of course, that's what y'all are bringing up here. It's like you, it's people that say like, you know, you got to forgive me. I'm just, you know, I, I'm a worrier. That's yeah. all I do is I, I'm yeah. like an anxious. Or even blaming other people for controlling my mind. I mean, you hear that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Not to say that there's there's never any validity to it, yeah. but you just hear it all, you just hear it all, all the time. I was groomed by this person. I was, I was misled. I was deceived by this person. And so my actions, even though I may have made a mistake, they're not my fault at all. You know, I, I had no responsibility, even though even though I participated in it, it's someone else with a power dynamic. They 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 forced me. They mentally forced me to do it is is typically the language that you hear. Well, the thing is, we need to uh, go ahead and agree that there is something called the mind 
And of course, we know there is something called the body we're looking at, uh, at, at the body we all have or each other. But secondly, that there is a link between the mind and the body, right. between the material, material and the material. There is a link. So um, uh, how you treat your mind affects how you treat uh, how your body and how you treat your body affects your mind. So there's a connection. And just like you said, David, when people say, this is just a shell, uh, not, not, not really. Your, your mind is connected to your body. You're not just a spirit being mm-hmm. who is, you know, um, inside a host. You, you are actually part of that body and the mm-hmm. body is part of you. But then what exactly is the mind? Let's come back to the immaterial part. We know what the body is and we know there's a connection and we know there are abuses, right? That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Yeah. People mm-hmm. uh, blaming their mind for how they behave, act, think, uh, make judgments. But then what is the mind? Well, there are, there are a few things that, that I have through my studies uh, and ma- mainly of scripture, of the Bible, but also of conversations with people and psychology and all of that, I think it's six things that we need to keep in mind. Keep in mind. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> First nice. is that our mind is created by God to respond to him, but it is damaged by sin. Mm. Okay? We believe in the original sin where something happened in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve. When they sinned, disobeyed God, and sin came in, it damaged them. Mm-hmm. And it damaged not only them, but it also damaged the creation. And God, you know, in his curse, he not only cursed the man, the woman, but also the creation indirectly. And so our minds have been damaged ever since then because of that. And, and some people may say, well, why am I being, having to pay for two people not having their act together? Well, true. But they were our representatives. We were in them. Just like my parents, you know, they grew up miles apart. But when they came together, okay, and got married, and, and of course, my family, start, our family started. But in, in, a, in a sense, we were in them until that moment. Mm-hmm. So, so also, all of us, every human being, we were in Adam and Eve. So when they sinned, that corruption came into us as well. Mm. But originally, God didn't make human beings, Adam and Eve, but sinned. He made them perfect. Right. But sin came in. I, re- I really like the way that you put it, where you said, um, you know, we're created to respond to God. And, you know, that was damaged by sin because... I don't remember the quote, or I don't even remember the person who said it, but I know the gist of the quote was like, we're always going to serve something. There's always going to be something that we put as our idol and as our God. We're never, it sounds kind of weird, unless we're in Christ, we're never truly free from anything. And the second thing is, uh, it is the mind is, our mind, individual mind, uh, minds are a unique um, combination of our genetic ancestors. That's kind of what I was thinking about when you were talking about Adam and Eve, you know, where, where those those traits are passed down. And just like that corruption, that sin are passed down over time, like those those traits and those characteristics from our ancestors and even our parents kind of make up 
how we think and how we behave. And that's that's wild to think about because a lot of times we're we're brought up with this understanding of like you are unique, you are an individual, you are your own person. And yes, that's of course true, but don't think for a second that your genetics don't play a part in how you're formed and how you think and how you operate. You are absolutely a product of your of your ancestors. I mean, talk to um, individuals who have, you know, lost their parents, you know, through adoption or something like that, biological parents. And then years down the road, they meet them or siblings meet each other. And they're amazed, like, you do that too? Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. You've always told the story of, like, uh, one of your boys that would hold their hands behind their back when they walk. And you said that was something that your dad did? My dad would do that a lot. And that was not something I did. And that, that was one thing that you said, like, at that point, he had never met his grandpa. He, they had never met yet. Never. That's funny. And so, you know, those, that's just one yeah. attribute. But then there are so many other things. I mean, just think about you guys. You know, and of course, you can say, well, I learned that watching them or living with my parents growing up. But then there are other things that are so inherently you, the, the, the characteristics that... Um, you know, it's hard to say you're just copying somebody. Yeah. There, there's more to it than that. Yeah. The way we work, the way we tackle problems, the way we think about life, you know, those kind of things. So, th- mm-hmm. so that's happening. But there's also, uh, this is very important. Our mind, our minds are either softened towards God or hardened towards Him uh, by our upbringing. Hmm. So if you grow up in a home life that, you know, there's a, a sense of fear of God. And when I say fear, I'm not talking about the fright of God. I'm talking about a sense of reverence towards God, that God is there and I need to obey Him mm-hmm. and I need to be grateful for all that He's done for me. If you don't grow up like that, there is uh, an effect on your mind and your way of thinking. People just don't do crazy things. When I'm saying crazy, I'm not talking about climbing mountains or diving deep into the ocean. I'm talking about crazy as in bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't just do bad things just to do them. It's, 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 it's a combination of so many things, and, and one being um, just the way they were raised. Sad, isn't it? I often mm-hmm. find it crazy that people understand this. People, people agree with this. People know that the way that they're, they were raised, they, they see the harm in it. And yet there's still something so deeply embedded in their minds that they can't get away from. Like I've, I've talked to people before who were like, yeah, my dad was like that. And it was, or my mom was like that. And it was such a toxic environment. And I'm so glad that I got out of it. But yet that, that same characteristic yeah. that unbeknownst to them, they think they've got it all figured out. But it's so deeply ingrained in who they are and how they think. Sometimes I wonder, like, can you ever truly be free of it? I would say no. Yeah. I would say no. It's a fight. And as a believer in Christ, it's daily submitting to God and saying, God, I don't want to go to that place. I know it's irreversible, so I need your grace. Yeah. And God will deliver you, but it's not like deliver as in complete deliverance. That only happens when we leave this life right. and go into the presence of God, waiting for the day of judgment and waiting for you know heaven and hell that God has prepared. Until that point of leaving this, this life, we're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the Apostle Paul struggled. He had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what the thorn was. Maybe it was a physical deformity. Maybe it was um, some um, emotional struggle. We don't know. Yeah. But he prayed again and again. And the answer came back, 
Nope. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So maybe that'll be your weakness. Mm. And, you, and you need God's grace. It's so interesting that statistically people who, um, maybe they were children who were raised in an abusive environment, tend to, even though they saw how horrible it was and how awful it was to experience themselves, yeah. they statistically speaking tend to be that same type of parent yeah. when they grow up. And that's true. And that's true, and 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 not just parent, but they also, just individually, they 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 perpetuate the very thing that hurt them. Mm-hmm. That is that is why Jesus came. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people don't understand that if you live if a nice cushy life, you know, where every need was met, and anytime you wanted to go, you know, have fast food, and it was brought to you, and nice shoes were brought to you. If you don't, you don't think. Yeah. Talk to people who have lived through some horrible things and you'll realize this is a very evil world mm-hmm. and this is why the son of god came and gave his life for us to set us free to to pay the penalty of sin to break the the the, the chains of sin and evil you know uh, so that that's very important to remember that also when we're talking about the mind the mind this is a perfect time to say that it is either redeemed by our acceptance of Christ, or it is further condemned by our rejection of Him. Mm. That that makes me think of um, in the Bible where we read about Pharaoh's heart being hardened. Like Pharaoh, uh, you know, we have this exchange between Pharaoh and Moses, and repeatedly over and over again it says Pharaoh's heart was hardened, but then it starts saying God hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's that's a difficult pill to swallow, but thinking thinking related to the mind, related to the immaterial concept of who we are, if we are rejecting God, then it's only going to push us further from that renewal, from that, uh, our minds being redeemed. You know, when it says that Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh hardened his heart, it's not talking about a cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, Pharaoh was not like, you know, I need a stent put in. You know, <laughs> that's not what was happening there, right? Uh, this is not your physical heart. This was his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pharaoh, in his mind, not just his brain, not just his, you know, his cranium, <laughs> but his, his, uh, his immaterial part. He began to despise God and his people. Hmm. And God f- removed his grace from him, from Pharaoh. So he could not see anymore. I think it's just so beautiful also that it, on the opposite end of that, that on the cross, God redeemed our minds. We yes. tim- we, and I typically just think of it as... As the soul, as this kind of everlasting thing, kind of like you were saying, David, where the body, like, yeah, we know he redeemed our body, our body's a temple, that's all great, but it's 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 really our soul. But God is saying, I redeemed all of you. I redeemed your entire mind. And I think what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, we have the mind of Christ. That's right. That is beyond comprehension. Like, no pun intended, that is something that my mind can't fully grasp that, yeah. that now, yeah. as someone who's saved we have and redeemed, we have the mind of Christ. And, th- and that kind of leads us into the fifth thing about the mind, which is it, it, it is renewed, okay? After, after our mind is, is redeemed, it is renewed as we grow in Christ, as we grow in His Word, as we grow in the Spirit, as we are surrounded by godly people. See, all these things are necessary. Mm-hmm. So it's not enough to go say, oh, I got to church. I mean, I got saved and I got delivered. And it goes on for like a maybe a week mm-hmm. even that sometimes is too long yeah sometimes it's a little sooner than that but let's say it goes on for a week a month a year 
and then that person is back into it. Or a few years down the road, they're back into it. What happened? Well, the renewed did not happen. Mm. The renewal did not happen. And that leads us into the sixth thing, which is very important, which is it is transformed or tarnished by how we handle the circumstances of life. Wow. So is that where, I guess, PTSD comes in? Yeah. Yeah. There are some godly people who struggle with PTSD. Okay? Godly people who struggle with PTSD, whether it's through um, just their traumatic childhood or uh, some, some traumatic event or uh, law enforcement or military. They've been through some very traumatic things and they go through that. But how you handle it helps them keep going. Now, some try to handle it without God, and they try to just, you know, think positive thoughts, don't, don't, don't allow those triggers to get into your life, you know, avoid all that. Okay, all, that, that can work. But then there is a way where our mind is no longer ours, it is Christ. And His mind is in us. And the Holy Spirit is working in us. And he's put godly people into your life. He's helping you make the right choices. He's helping you avoid the wrong choices. When you are faced with circumstances, you have, you have, you know, the fork in the road. You can either take the left or the right. And, and you choose the one that points towards God. I even think it's, it's not funny, but it's just odd how people really have that understanding that all of this stuff that I'm struggling with is in my mind. But rather than come out on top of it, rather than turn to someone who is stronger, I'm going to turn to something else to help erase it. I'm going to turn to like booze or I'm going to turn to drugs or I'm going to turn to just anything else yeah. that's going to wipe all that stuff away. Rather sex, than deal with it. Sex is part of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, addiction of any other kind just or friendship you know, or activity. And, and it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't fix the problem. I think it's interesting that, like, kind of talking about being transformed or tarnished by, ha- by we're ha- how we're handling these circumstances. It's so interesting how people can go through very, very similar situations, um, especially in, in relation to, like, trauma-type type things, and respond either by coming out stronger, coming out with, a, you know, a better relationship with God or things like that, or they come out with, like, a victimhood-type mentality, woe yeah. is me, life is so hard, everybody pity me, kind of, yeah. kind of a reaction and it doesn't help them it doesn't it, it works it's so contrary to everything they want to do and and there is a place for humility there's a place for brokenness it's good to be broken mm-hmm. and have god pour his grace upon you it is bad to be a victim mm-hmm. god doesn't like a victim because there was only one true victim okay and that's jesus christ yeah now there are a lot of people who are victims of abuse and and hurt and people taking advantage of them. So don't misunderstand what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about a victimhood mentality. I think that's what you're referring to. Right, exactly. You're not referring to people who are victims. Right. There are people who are victims. But having a victim mentality where, forget that event, now you pretty much live your life trying to, you know, hey, pity me, pity me, please, please, somebody pity me. There, I think that there comes a time when therapy is good, when you need that therapy but i think that also when people rely on it too much it 
tends to mess with your mind even more. It kind of flip, re- restarts that victimhood mentality all over again. Like maybe you needed it, needed it at first. You needed that validation to be told, yes, what you experienced truly was horrible. Yes, of course. But but then you they have tend to, come out to of it. drag it into mm-hmm. every single situation, and it's right. like you're not a victim in every single one of these situations. You're making mountains out of molehills. Well, because now. it becomes their identity. Everything mm-hmm. that's wrong with me, everything that I went through. There's truly no. I mean, I hate to say this, but for a lot of people, because that's become their identity, there's truly nothing interesting or redeeming about them. I don't yeah. have a life apart from that. So I have to cling to it because if this gets taken away and I get over it, I have to confront the fact that really I've done nothing with my life. I, I definitely do agree that therapy is needed in certain situations, but for some people, therapy does become their, their personality. It becomes a crutch. This might be like kind of derailing the topic a little bit, but just to comment on, you know, victimhood being an identity that people have is something that's always baffled me about people who are Christians who also identify as victims. It's, it seems like if you have an identity in Christ, how can you also have an identity as a victim? That's a great, great point. I think that just like Kelsey said, you know, there is a place for that, uh, for someone to tell you, hey, something bad happened to you. And you are a victim in this case. You you need someone to advocate for you, uh, or or help you, guide you, to navigate and even have restitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is a place for that. But then so you see what the problem is, because it works, and people respond to it, and come to your aid and find ways to help you. It seems like, not all okay, not all people, but then many people who think, oh wow. I can make this work. Mm. <laughs> I can I can go through my whole life. You just have to I just have to just pretend like I'm hurting and I'm just so, you know, and then people will just respond to it. Mm. I think it's very similar to to how a drug works. I think that yeah. you're you you know, you needed it at first, but now your your brain starts to crave those feelings, yeah. you yeah. know, and you start to just need it need it need it more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And so yeah, in, in a way it, it is like a drug. You know, and it works. <laughs> so when our minds tend to gravitate towards like that victim mentality or even taking it off of that subject, even like something like anger or lust or some other type of sin or mindset, what do we do to defend against that? Yeah, I mean, that's where, you know, we need to rem- remember the Bible tells us we are no longer enemies of God in our mind by wicked works. So in our redemption through Christ, uh, there's a change that has happened where we're no longer on the opposite side than God. Mm-hmm. We're on God's side. Or God is on our side. But either way, we're standing on the same side now. Yeah. So we're no longer alone. We're no longer victims. Now we are victors through Christ. So, so the first thing is recognize there has been a change. That doesn't solve all the problems, but at least... You're fighting from victory rather than fighting to victory. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's a great wow. way to look at it. So, so that's the place. Secondly, we need to remember we have the mind of Christ. Okay. All these are coming from Scripture. Yeah. We have the mind of Christ. So we say, well, wait a minute. If I have the mind of Christ, why do I think this way? Why do I, you know, naturally I'm bent towards whatever the negative thing that you're doing or thinking? Well, it's because you're living in this fallen world. Mm-hmm. And until we leave this world, there is going to be a struggle. But you do have the mind of Christ already with you. Something that's really like impacted me recently that I read um, 
in a book by Fred Sanders. It's a book you recommended to yes, me. Sure. Is that the Christian life is the the spirit of God living in the soul of man? And if we, I mean, if you reuse some of those words, it's the mind of God living in the mind of man. So we still have that, and even though we have the mind of Christ, we also still will have these tendencies. It's just where do we choose to live? Yeah, and the mind of Christ is really the Holy Spirit working in us. That's right. There's one thing that you said uh, to me one time, Dr. Shaw, and it, it's really kind of stuck with me. Um, people say all the time when they're struggling with something, oh, I'm only human. I'm only human. I'm struggling yeah. with this because I'm only human. Right. Well, guess what, friends? If you are a believer, no, you're not. If, yep. you're, if you're a believer, you, God's have, the, with you. you yeah. have the presence of God <laughs> living inside of you. So, yeah. number one, stop being so disrespectful to diminish the, the power of God living inside of you. Yeah. And number two, start living like you believe that. That's and right. also, Christ was only human, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't really go in that direction. Right, right. But then also, uh, there's a place for you to refocus your mind. Of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the help of God, with the help of godly people, you refocus your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, which is Colossians 3.2. And that's kind of what we're hoping to do, I mean, even with this episode, is to help. I mean, I'm, I feel that my mind is being refocused, just even talking about it, even just talking and reminding ourselves, like, hey, we have very, you know, human minds that are subject to a fallen world, but there's hope in that we have the mind of Christ. I really want to pause there for a second, because there's something that you said that I, I think we need to spend a little bit more time on. You talked about the importance of surrounding yourself with godly people. Yes. How? What impact does that have, and how can that help you refocus your mind? Oh, man, huge impact. I know from personal experience, there was a time when I was hanging around people who were not evil, but they were just not full of God. They were hmm, just things of this world, negative, angry, um, you know, sneaky, whatever. I mean, just put it all together. Just And I, 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 I realized that it was rubbing off on me. I was becoming like them. I was talking like them. I was thinking like them. And it was, it was not a good place. Mm. And I knew the whole time, this is not me. What am I doing here? And, and I had to, with God's help, you know, God took me some, through some very traumatic times where I felt really alone, hurt, frustrated, weak. And when I submitted to God and said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I'm ready to follow you. But I, I've got to get out of this. And when I made that prayer, and I think anybody who's listening today can do that, doesn't have to be lofty, doesn't have to, you don't have to run to church to do that. Of course, going to church is going to help you, mm -hmm. give you godly fellowship, and there is no perfect church. So, you know, somebody, somebody may look at you wrong, or somebody may say something wrong to you, or somebody may be there who, you know, is a hypocrite, whatever. Okay, put all that aside. Overall, a church has a very positive role. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get around godly people, you'll, you'll begin to see uh, that it, it begins to rub off on you. Mm -hmm. And it changes your way of thinking. But, but also, um, we're told to have the mind of Christ. So we have the mind of Christ, but then we're told to constantly focus on that. Let this mind be in you, uh, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, we need to resolve. We need to resolve to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober. What do you, when you say resolve, what do you mean by saying that? It means, that, in a sense, say stop daydreaming. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, stop indulging every evil, negative, lustful thought that passes through your mind. 
just because it comes doesn't mean you have to follow through. You you can also, by God's help, say, no, I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, that's not the alley I want to walk down because I know I'm going to get mugged. One I of the would, things I that make it out alive. <laughs> yeah. <get> mugged. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get knifed in the alley of my mind. Let's, let's not go down that. One road. of the things that you said a long time ago, I think well, again, when I first met you that, that kind of shaped my thinking was about repentance. Yeah. And you said that, you know, a lot of people typically when they think of repentance, when they, they think of, I was going one way and then I did a 180 and turned around. Right. But I know me. I'm going to go back. So now I'm going to do another 180 and go back to that sin. And now I've got to repent all over again right. and turn around. But you said repentance is a change of mind. Yes. I, I'm going to make up my mind that this is a sin. That's right. And I'm going to do everything I can not to do it again. Now, I may slip and fall. I may go back to that sin. But my mind has been made up from that point of repentance right. that this is what a sin is. And I think if more people thought of repentance like that, yeah, there would there would just be more boldness. You wouldn't feel the need to get saved again every time that you sin. Yep. You wouldn't feel this overwhelming because ultimately guilt gets just tiring and yep. people give up. They're like, I'm tired of feeling guilty. I'm just going to go for it. Well, see, this is where people struggle. It's like, well, I don't have the faith or I don't know if I can hang in there. I just don't feel like I can do it. Well, we need to realize faith is revealed in obedience. Hmm. Okay? Faith is revealed in obedience. So it's not enough just to say, if I had the faith, or I just need to have the faith, or if God would give me the faith, start obeying, and faith will come. Yep, that's right. And so faith is revealed in obedience. And so if you're struggling with whether or not this will work, start obeying what God has said, and faith will follow. And you will start believing, and you will start trusting, and you will start obeying even more. And so that's very important. And also the rem- reminder, constant reminder to not be conformed to this world would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if the world is thinking one way, don't think that way. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Don't conform. You know. And, and here's my, my most fav- favorite part of this, this entire talk which is you have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Which means every thought has to be apprehended and made to bow before Jesus Christ. What if it refuses to bend down and bow? I was just about to ask you that exact same thing. So I have thoughts so, so all the time. Because I think about that. I think about this thought needs to be dealt with right now. Yeah. And yet... It just, it just won't. Right. It has to be dealt with swiftly, decisively, and harshly. Hmm. It means it doesn't belong. I like that scripture, and I like the way that you said it, because it makes you think, it's not like, okay, I just had a bad thought. All right, I shouldn't think that way. No, it's aggressive. It's, yeah. And yeah. it seems like something, like, as I'm thinking about it right now, it seems like something that's, like, kind of hard to grasp. But I feel like once you start implementing that, it's almost like what you said. Once you start actually obeying and doing that, it gets easier over time. Well, that's right. It's kind mm-hmm. of thinking about that toddler wandering through that busy street again that we, that we mentioned at the beginning. If you're the parent of that child, you're going to grab them and you're going to speak very sternly to them. That's mm. kind of what we've got to do with our minds, in a sense. I wish we're, I could we're, pop my thoughts. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've got to discipline ourselves. That's, that's, a, that's a whooping. Yeah, that's going to be a whooping, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It is weird because we do that. We tip. We just like, hey, what am I doing? It, it almost plays into that victim mentality of like, what am I doing? This isn't me. Come on. No, it's, it's, you do not belong here. Mm-hmm. You, this thought does not belong. You got to go. Yeah. You're because, not disappointed in yourself. You're, you're fixing the problem. Yeah. yeah. Because you keep going down that road, 
uh, you're you're going in a dark place, yep. and the consequences are going to be bad. Mm. It's going to not only affect you, but also other people who are connected to you. So going down that road may feel good for the moment, whatever that road is. Mm-hmm. Pride, greed, lust, self-pity, um, whatever it is. But the end is destruction. Yep. So let's get out of this place soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed that, and this is, this is kind of funny, but I've noticed that whenever I have those thoughts, one of, either my reactions are, I'm thinking this for a reason. Let's like see where this is coming from. That's not a good one. Like that's not what I should do. And then one reaction that I'll have is get. And I just like very aggressively. I'm like I'm like I'm like get get. I, I saw then, your face get. light up, Ryan. Get you get. I just imagine like somebody like fussing at like uh, like an animal. That's yeah, that in sounds the, like what in Mima, their property that, that should be like get Mima, go get yeah, from here. Yeah, that's get. literally Mima used to say that to stray dogs that would come up in the yard. You better get. Like, you don't even give it yeah. the the. The honor of having a full-on conversation. Just, just get. get. Yeah, Go. It's like, yeah, normally it's like I'll think a thought and I'm like, get. And then I'll just, and then I'll pray and I'll ask God, you know, help me to control these thoughts. But the first thing, the most aggressive thing I can think of is get get out. Just get. And the key to to being successful in that get <laughs> is oh, no. is uh, Philippians four eight. You have to give something else mm. to replace. Yeah. So we, if, yeah, we don't exist in a vacuum. Something right. has to be there. Yeah. So if you if you just kick something out of your thoughts, uh, it's a vacuum, and and you know the old adage, nature abhors a vacuum. Abhors a vacuum, but so it'll come. Something else will come back. So Philippians four eight. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mm. So, so replace, not just, you know, clean out, but right. replace. And um, and then of course Isaiah promises us, keep you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So it's not enough to say you'll keep him in perfect peace, who cleans his mind. Mm whose mind has stayed on you. Wow. So if you want peace, get your mind back upon God and godly things. I love that. I love the the active component that you brought out of, of controlling your mind. You're not controlled by your thoughts. You don't allow your mind to wander. You are the one in control. So take those thoughts captive. Bring them under the, the authority and the obedience of, of submitting them to to God. And that, that, that line, man, I wish I could just have that on a T-shirt. Like, Start with obedience, and then faith will follow. Faith mm. is revealed in obedience. Mm. I love that so much. And I, I hope that rings true for you listeners as well. Um, begin to obey God in taking those thoughts captive and bringing them under the authority of, of Jesus and his, his authority in your life. And then your faith will follow as a result of that. Take your thoughts captive and, and be in control of your mind. What, a, what an important topic for us and for, and for you listeners as well. If you have any questions about what we talked about on the show today, how to take those thoughts captive, what that looks like in your life, send us an email to carpemanana at clearviewbc.org. We love hearing from you guys. Make sure you join us same time, same station next week. And if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on Carpe Manana.